What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. We're back with another interview of Perspectives. And uh, we have another amazing guest because all of our guests are amazing. And shout out to our supporter, Kelly, for recommending our guest that we have here today, Elisa's son. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, dodging this Omicron. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and everything, pandemic, just navigating. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to give people their flowers on camera, off camera. Your music is amazing. Thank you. Uh, you have a very powerful voice. Um, I think people... Um, will be shocked or are, are, are shocked when they hear your when they look at you, right? And then hear your <laughs> voice. It's like wow, yeah. Like, that's it's just amazing. Like you just, yeah. No, your music is awesome. Uh, your catalog is amazing. I love what you've been able to do, like with the um, pandemic during the pandemic of bringing different um, artists together and like creating like cool just jam sessions that people yeah. can go watch and jam to on YouTube. Thank you. No, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. So to start us off, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you like to do, what you don't like to do, people you like, people you don't like. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm from California originally. Um, I'm from a little town called Seal Beach, which is right next to Long Beach, so Southern California. Uh, I went to school in Northern California, so... Uh, near San Francisco, and I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area, um, which is where I kind of discovered my music. And um, I didn't start playing music or really writing songs until I was like 22, 23. Uh, So it was something I always wanted to do, but I never actually tried because I was scared. Uh, I was very shy, and it was just like, I still get very... Mm, like stage fright kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and um, and then I spent some time in the bay uh, and then I um, spent a year living in an RV uh, with my ex-partner and we played shows for a whole year uh, all around the country and some of Canada um, I was out playing shows in everywhere you can imagine, um, yeah. like little towns to big cities to kind of, and kind of a rain. It was all very, uh, DIY. Right. So <laughs> some of the shows were not great, <laughs> but some of them were. So it was like right. a range. Right. Um, and then I settled on Nashville as a place to move because I didn't want to go back to California because it's, I love it, but it's so expensive mm-hmm. and it's just not, um, what's the word? manageable um, <laughs> as an artist. Right. So Nashville seemed to have a really nice balance of community mm-hmm. and creativity. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's even in the two years I've been here, I've seen it get so much more expensive. Right. Um, but it was, it's definitely more affordable than California. So that's how I ended up here. Yeah, no. Short story, but yeah. <clears throat> See, you're, um, so you're one of those people that is adding to our uh, traffic jams i am i am i am the cal the annoying californian but at least i don't work at amazon yeah. 
speak about like your time like growing up in California because we're landlocked here, right? Yeah. No beach. <laughs> Our weather is it's it's it depends like on the year. Like yeah, like, we haven't got this much snow that we've gotten like this year in like a long time, right? Like mm-hmm. a, and you know like a dusting. Is, is it causes chaos here? Yeah, and I can only imagine, right? In in in, in California, yeah. Um, talk about like this the comparison contrast, like like of California and Nashville, and kind of some of the things you've had to adjust to here that you know, and some of the things that you miss about California. Yeah, I I've been I'm not gonna lie, I've been struggling with winter here, like <laughs> mentally. Um, <laughs> I, str- I, I struggle too. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, we all do. And I mean, the past few days have been pretty nice. And mm-hmm. But when it's just dark and gray and cold, like <laughs> I get so sad. <laughs> so um, it's tough. I literally got a vitamin D deficiency when I moved here. Wow. Because I'm so used to sun, like from California, that yeah. my, like, my doctor had to give prescribe me like really strong <laughs> vitamin d pills so wow. yeah that was like contributing to my mental health stuff so that's been tough um but the other side of that is it's kind of nice to have seasons mm-hmm. in california it's like you kind of take it you take it for granted right um and it's like it's nice to have that change of seasons, right? Um, and you, you you appreciate it more when it's nicer out, and yeah. and it's kind of a nice when it's gross out. It's kind of a nice excuse to like just like hibernate, right? Because when it's nice all the time, you just I just feel guilty. I feel like I need to be out all the time, right? Anyway, but weather aside, I also. I wasn't prepared for like the culture shock of moving to the south, like. I didn't really think it was going to be a big deal um, because Nashville is so, it's a city. It's relatively blue in a very red state. Um, So when I visited, I thought it, I thought it was really cool when I visited, but then when I actually moved here, it was just a lot, but then, and then the pandemic happened. So that was like a lot, a lot. Um, In California and Tennessee, we handled the pandemic. Yep. Vastly differently. We definitely did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, California is not perfect. So it's right. like, I've been, yeah, thinking a lot about, yeah, we all have just existential <laughs> right. moments over the past few years about our country. And um, like, yeah, so when it comes to things I miss, um, the beach. Uh, I, I miss it. I miss it too. And yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I miss um, the diversity and the amount of Asian folks that I was just used to seeing all the time in California. There's just a lot more Asian folks. Like you just see them more. <laughs> so quick story. Yeah. And I knew we was going to get to this at some point, but. My girlfriend, fiance, I should say, actually. Oh. Uh, she's from San Diego. Oh, okay. Born and raised in San Diego, right? Yeah. And so I was um, I was out one day uh, by myself at the mall. I think this might be the first time I went to the mall in in San Diego, in California in general. Yeah. And um, I'm from the South. She's from yeah, yeah. California, West Coast. Yeah. Right? Wow. And so um, 
I was in the mall, and that was the first time it clicked to me because of the diversity is just there, right? And my 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 good old South lens, you know, <laughs> uh, got cleared up, and I I looked around. I yeah. said, "Damn, there are no white people." Yeah. Like it was like I think I might see one, but it, like I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Right? And uh, now she's moved down here, and then now she's like, it's nothing but white folks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the diversity is a is a is a real thing. Um, yeah. And I think a uniqueness about California. And mm-hmm. she grew up, and her parents are still there, um, mm-hmm. right on like like close to the, the TJ border. Oh uh, yeah. Tijuana. And so like like there's like. Yeah. Like, and it's a military town too, so you get into like just a plethora of different people mm-hmm. in different places, mm-hmm. and like communities is really a real melting pot, right? Yeah. And like not that's segregated. So cool. Yeah, it definitely is. It's like that's so cool. What brought her out here? Or me? Uh, oh, right. <laughs> and then how, how did you meet? We met in Costa Rica. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we was both doing. So she was doing a post doctorate for Stanford University. Wow, cool. And uh, and I was doing some community economic development for an NGO that I wow. was leading. And uh, I sweeped her off the streets of <laughs> Puerto so Mendez, cool. uh, Costa Rica. She don't like when I say that, but yeah. uh, took off those, those Costa Rican streets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How long has she been here now? Uh, since, uh, since, let me see, what, what year are we in? 20, like, so December 2020. Okay. Yeah, okay. so she, you know, she... So right before the yeah, pandemic? Uh, or No, it was uh, after. No, after. after yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is 2020. Yeah, right. so it's December 2020. So she, she, you know, she likes it. Like, But it's not like, you know, it's just... San Diego is just a beautiful place. And, yeah. like, if we could afford it, we would probably yeah. be... That's the thing, just... Her parents own it. You know, they've been there since 30, 40, 50, some, a, long, right. a long time. So, like, they got the house when it was... Before twenty thousand dollars, maybe something like that. Yeah. But now it's just like they just sold a house. Their neighbors just sold their house mm-hmm. for like six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And you know, and that's like cheap for California. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's like, like growing up down here is like okay, like is there's like no driveway really. And yeah. Like you get this little bit of yard, and so it's like, dang, you get like six, seven hundred thousand. Oh yeah. For that, where you know, at least if you pay six, seven hundred dollars for this, you will have like. You yeah. have some land, a little at least, you know, because yeah. it's not as dense yep. um, as California. Not yet, anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's so it's so different in California. Like, and I was just I was just there last month visiting mm-hmm. my sister and my mom, um, and I just like it was the same kind of experience. Where I was like, oh, I'm there's only a few white people in here, right. and it's like it's just so opposite here. Right. It's just so different here. And you, you get used to seeing, when you're used to seeing so many folks that look like you, like, right. it's very jarring when you're suddenly in a space that's like, yeah, right. not like that. <laughs> right. So, no, so, like, like let's talk about, let's go a little deeper in that diversity. Yeah. So, like, in California, you're, like, you're around, like, it's a really melting pot. You're around more Asians yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something, like you've struggled with being here in Nashville, finding that community or mm-hmm. like, like finding in kind of like where, where, where is that other, where's my culture here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been pretty tough. Um, 
to find folks. But luckily, um, there is API Middle Tennessee. They're, um, are you familiar with their work? They're the uh, uh, let me see if I can remember the acronym. Is that the API? Yeah. Uh, the what does that stand for? Asian Pacific Islanders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. So like Pratique is, I don't know if he's on the board technically, or he's part of it, but mm -hmm. they do, they kind of have always been around, but I think during the pandemic definitely like stepped up with reaching out and, and they have mm -hmm. a Facebook group and an Instagram and they'll do events sometimes. They've mm -hmm. been doing um, like monthly happy hours um, and, uh, uh, and it's, uh, and I've met some really great people through that. Um, and it's been funny because it's like, I was just having coffee with Pratik last weekend and talking about like just the amount of Asian folks here is so small that like it doesn't matter what kind of Asian you are, the word like it will that accept you. We're just right. like, come on in, like you're right. half, that's fine. Or like right. you're South Asian or you're East Asian or you're from. Southeast Asia or all these different places. Right. And, um, it doesn't matter. Um, and we're just, we're like, we have this camaraderie mm -hmm. <laughs> and people really have your back. And like, I feel really supported in that way, which is really nice. Like I had a music video shoot that I'll plug it later, but um, I have a video. It's not out yet, but I cast a bunch of them and got like, or just put out in the, uh, I think it was the Facebook group that I was looking for folks to use in this video to like interview them. Yeah. Um, and like eight or nine of them showed up and wow. that's like, that's hard for people. Like showing up to stuff can be hard, yeah. you know, especially in the pandemic. But that's what I appreciate a lot about Nashville as a more general thing is I feel like the people here in general are pretty, um, like supportive and pretty right. it's about community right i think in california it's so hard to live there that it's a little harder to like get people to do stuff because right. <laughs> everyone's just like hustling so hard does right. that make sense yeah no that makes complete yeah. sense yeah like it's so much stuff to so much other social things to worry about as an individual yeah and then try, it makes it even harder to support others yeah. what they're doing because you're like tied up and hustling yeah yeah, no, yeah. Makes complete sense yeah so your mom is white. My mom's Chinese. Your mom's Chinese, your yeah. dad is white. Yeah. How yep. was that growing up? So my they got divorced when I was like five. Okay. And then... We, um, welcome to the Divorced Parents Club. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so they got divorced and then... Um, uh, I He wasn't really in the picture. Okay. So we kind of they split up and then it was just me my mom and my sister and it was just that for a long time so um i definitely think of my mom as like single mom raised me like she was my primary parent right um so uh that being said um she is she was also born here so she's i think i don't know i have to look this up again but I can't remember if that means she's first or second generation. Um, either way, so okay. she was born here. My grandparents are from China. They came here in I should, the... She's first generation then. 
first. Okay, yeah, she's it's first. first generation, yep. So then okay. that means I'm second? Yep. Okay. Um, we were saying Pratik, I think, thought it was, she. that meant she was second. And I was like, oh, so I'm fourth? No, or, I think, like, if, if, the, if you have, if, her parents, if your mother's parents migrated here, yeah, and then she was born here. She's first generation. First generation. And then you would be Got second, it. and then so okay, forth and so okay, on. Yeah. yeah. So she, yeah, so she was born here. Her parents, my grandparents, uh, didn't have time to teach her Chinese. They were too busy mm-hmm. <laughs> being trying to acclimate and be American and work and. Um, uh, she, so she didn't really mm, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> uh, she very much, I think we're a lot of Asian folks are taught to I mean white supremacy, we're all taught white is the the thing you have to be. white, white is right. So yeah, yeah. so I think that she um, definitely was focused on that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you talk to my mom, it's like you don't know that you're necessarily talking to to someone that's Chinese, if that makes sense. Right. Even maybe first generation especially. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just so... um, so focused on, like, acclimating and then... When you and then when she had us, it's like when you it's like you have little pieces of things that are remind mm. you that you're Chinese. Right. But I was never really taught. And I like I know that this might make her. I'm like thinking about her being mad at me for <laughs> talking about her. Like, this. sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. But yeah, she. I don't think that she ever really taught us to be proud or to be like. Yeah, to be proud of our culture, it mm. was kind of like an erasing. Wow. Like I think a lot of Asian American folks who might be half or maybe have parents that you know were just trying to focus on acclimating. Right. That like it's not like it's a defense mechanism, like trying to like you know that show Fresh Off the Boat. Do you remember that show? I don't think Randall I Park that. and um, Constance. I think I've heard of it, but I don't think yeah. I watched it. It's very funny. It's like about um, the, a family that moves to Orlando mm-hmm. in like the eight nineties, um, and based on the true story. But yeah, it's Asian American family, and um, there's a part in it where like he. What does he do? He like be, he he does like that self-deprecating humor thing where he's mm. like, "Oh, I'm a bad driver." Like, mm. I think he got like pulled over or something and like joked with someone and then his his son was like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like, "Because I like have to, like to beat them to the punch." Right. I did that all the time growing up. I was like, "Oh, I'm a bad driver. I'm Asian and, you know, or I'm really good at math or I don't know, things like wow. that." Like I, that's just something I would joke about because yeah. I really thought it was, I guess I thought it was funny, but looking back, like I wouldn't say that again now. Right. Um, but that's kind of just a thing. It's like this like pushing down a, right. a, like. Have, and yeah. so has your, I guess, Asian culture or heritage ever been questioned 
by other Asians, whether it may be from the, like specifically from the Chinese community, because yeah. maybe um, you don't speak the language fluently, or yeah, because both of your parents aren't Chinese. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was I was gonna say. Uh, th- what I love about API Middle Tennessee is that there's that camaraderie, and they welcome everyone Mm -hmm. whereas in california i feel like i'm not asian enough Mm. um (laughs) because i don't speak the language i'm not full like chinese right um you know i but i wish i could so i feel like a bad asian (laughs) like i don't yeah yeah so it's um, never too late to learn chinese to learn yeah that's true it's not the the easiest it's not yeah but, but like you know if that's something you know, or like you want to do for yourself. Yeah. To, you know, give yourself that power or whatever yeah. it may be. You don't even need a reason, right? It yeah. Just, you just want to do it. Yeah. Like, I would encourage you to like to do that. Yeah. yeah. I I I I do know. I know a few sentences, and I love. Um, I love. I've taken a few classes, but I'll, maybe yeah. I'll pick it up again. Um, I'm gonna tell you what I know. <laughs> this is, I should really know more, but I haven't used it. Um. Like of course she 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 need um uh, yeah. uh um uh uh I should know this one because I used to say it all the time when I get my food to go. Oh uh, yeah. What is uh hold on, don't tell me. Uh Taobao ta- what is ah to go. How do how do you say to go? Oh, I don't know oh, how to say to go. Ah, I should know it because I used to say it all the time when I order when I order food. That's the only thing I could tell oh. them. Like uh ah, I should know. Um, is it well? I, I know, know like let's go is like Zola or something. Zola uh, or something. So, yeah, maybe. but I don't, I don't know. know if yeah. to go. No, it's like because they have an app called. Um, they have an app called Taobao or something like. I think it's Taobao. Basically, it's like a. It's like a. It's like Amazon, pretty much. Okay. And they order, but dang, what is it? I should know this. Ah, I'm really just letting down <laughs> my all my my Chinese folks back <laughs> back in Shaman. Oh, oh my gosh! But it's like, but it's but it's it's, it's difficult. It's a tone. The very, tones the are tones really tough. Are yeah. Really tough. Um, but I uh, love I love uh, WeChat. WeChat. I love it. I love WeChat. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. That's how I stay connected to oh, all yeah. my, my Chinese people. Oh, my cool! Yeah. That's cool. And we need something like that here, I think. But oh my gosh, I've been I've been thinking about dim sum and how there's no <laughs> dim sum here. There's yeah. like Lucky Bamboo does dim sum, I think, but mm-hmm. there's no good dim sum spots here. Yeah, no. Like <laughs> I remember when I was when I was living in China, like because of this. It's different, like when you see them characters, right? Because there's no oh, you either yeah. know them or you don't. It's nothing that you can, as yeah. like a native English speaker, it's nothing that you can correlate, like to to characters. Yeah. It's just, you, you, I, I don't know what that is. Like, like yeah. it just you just don't know. And so yeah. a lot of the menus, right? I'd be like that, and I would be like a kid, like I need pictures. And yeah. Like, this, just you, point. You, this point. Let me circle. Or you see something on the wall, like let, yeah, let, this, this this. Yeah. And so, um, but no, it was it was. It was um it was a interesting experience the most interesting experience and the most I think uh, unique people um, country of people that I've ever been able to interact with so yeah I've always like it like cause again like I grew up here in Nashville in the South I was in my black community bubble I would have yeah. never thought 
um, that I would be ever live in China. Yeah. Never, never had, never, and I didn't know anybody who ever had. Yeah. And so only That's thing so that cool. I'm getting is like propaganda as an American about mm. how Chinese people are, mm. what they're doing in China, what they think about Americans. And it's, and yeah. it's never really positive. No. Um, and then the stereotypes like, oh, like Chinese people um, can't drive or yeah. uh, they're good at math. And those are like maybe like the, the two that I that I heard that I heard. They're about. never artists. Uh, oh well, yeah. I didn't yeah, didn't Yeah. And uh I'ma have to I'ma have to find I'ma have to connect you uh with this artist that I I don't I don't know her directly, but I know her husband. Okay. And her husband runs a um Jeremy Goldcorn. He runs a um uh Chinese publication. Okay. It talks about like this Chinese social economic stuff but his wife is like a huge big time artist he plays a special instrument that like i think it's originally a chinese instrument but only like and she composes and i oh, think cool. she's like one of five people that the, in the in the in the whole world that thing that does this oh, that, wow. like, that does it like like and compose yeah not just not just play um, I'm at a, I'm at the, I'm at the connect y'all. Yeah. Um, Is it the, um, don't ask me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to Google it. I want to pick back up a little bit. Um, especially back on that, that, that diversity piece. Um, what were some of, I guess, some of the, like, I guess, self challenges, I guess, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Chinese, but I'm not full. Um, and how others kind of broached you about that, you know, kids can be cruel one, but so can, but adults can just be like idiots (laughs) or ass thing in an idiotic way that can be very harmful and offensive. Right. Um, how have you navigated in, in, in what was some of those situations? Yeah. A lot of it is just where are you from? Mm. Where are you really from? Mm. Where were you born? <laughs> Just like the grilling. Right. Um, so that's what my so- my most recent song is about. Is called It's called I'm From Here. And the music video that I'm going to release has um, folks that I interviewed about that. Um, and diff- it's, it's really cool because I, I have interviews with people who have so many different stories about that. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it is like this kind of like what are you mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of thing that's just the big so for people that are curious yeah and when they first see you right yeah how should they is there are are appropriate way yeah for them to you know scratch their curiosity itch that they have yeah and i get is it. it yeah so what is what is the way to approach you yeah then? i have my i have i have one thing that i ask but i want to i want to know yours okay i i honestly like i think about it a lot because it's like okay you never know someone's intentions mm-hmm. just because someone asks me where i'm from doesn't mean that they're racist it doesn't mean they're a bad person um it's like such a different the it's all depending on like the context and where i am and who's asking me and Mm -hmm. how soon into the conversation they're asking me right like that's a big thing like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like but yeah there's no like clear cut way to do it it just it so depends on the person too Mm -hmm. um like 
because like on one hand it's like okay let's say that a white man that I don't know just like comes up to me and asks me that like I'm gonna be like whoa like right. I'm not gonna feel okay with that I would rather someone at least like get to know me a little more before they ask get me, your name get my name <laughs> like I'm a person yeah right. or like before they ask me like so where are you from and you know um but and then yeah it's hard to gauge like what their intentions are like are right. they really asking me that because I think yeah curiosity is okay like right. it's I'm it's it's tricky it's very right. tricky and it, I think at the end of the day like when it depending on the person if mm-hmm. it ends up at the end of the day I think what bothers me is when people ask me that um usually white folks ask me that mm-hmm. and but they do, they wouldn't ask another white person that right yeah so it just ends up making me feel very un, like i just don't belong so that's the main thing that's a bummer but i've, I've learned to just ask people hey where do you call home yeah i love that yeah just where do you call home that's a and good then one. home may be california and then by way of Hong Kong, wherever it may be, you know, right. then like, I think that opens it up for that person to tell their kind of home journey. If you yeah. ask what you call, if, if they care about, you know, that where they're from. Yeah. Right. If home is just California, leave it at that. If home is just Nashville, leave it at that. It's yeah. no need to go, go any deeper yeah. um, than that. And like, yeah. that's, 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 that's kind of the, the question that I've learned that I feel like it's, it's, it's comfortable for everybody. It doesn't come off of, offensive yeah. regardless of what you look like where you're from or where you may yeah. be from like hey where you call home where's home for you yeah i think that's great yeah i wish more people would say that <laughs> yeah, yeah just where, now they know now when they before they you know come up to you and say yeah. something ridiculous they can yeah. just say hey hey where, where you call i love your music but where you call home? You yeah know, something like that yeah now yeah. um i'm gonna get a little deeper with you okay <laughs> the pandemic Yes. Happened. And just, you know, right around the time the pandemic is happening, uh, we are seeing and hearing um, a lot of our Asian community uh, members and neighbors uh, just, you know, being attacked, being targeted. Um, Because when you have, you know, a a former president that is, you know, kind of blaming a whole virus on a whole group of people, you know, yeah. People do stupid, crazy things, right? Yeah. How did that affect you? Um, and I, you was traveling at the time, right? You was performing during this time too, right? Were you? I was. I was here. You was I, here. You yeah. was here doing that. Okay. I was, I you was off moved. the road. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. off the road. Um, yeah. So how did that, like, resonate with you, your sister, your mom, like, yeah. you know, uh, people around you? How did that? How did you all, from you all's lens, and like mm-hmm. being from that community? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty intense. <laughs> uh I was very very much aware of what I looked like and being out in public, I was like a lot more on guard. Um mm-hmm. and uh I was yeah, I definitely had a tough time like not wanting to go outside, um, just not really wanting 
to be seen. Um, and um, I think um, I actually had my my personal like journey with being an Asian person. Um, it it well, it's always it, it's always been a journey, but I actually had a few like incidents um, even before the pandemic happened mm. when I moved here. Wanna, so you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I had. Um, so it was I was taking a selfie with a friend who who is white and we like held back the photo like to look at it and like see like okay is that okay and she blurted out like oh my god i look chinese in that photo take another one whoa yeah that was like yeah that was a really intense experience so that was before that was like a few months before so, the pandemic are y'all still friends was it a conversation up to that or so yeah we had a conversation after um but yeah when it happened my brain like couldn't i was just like i had there's so many layers to that yeah. like what she said that wow. i'm just like wow um and I, like to the point where like i was so then she immediately felt really, 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 really bad and cried. And I had to comfort her. <laughs> so that was really hard. Those, those white tears. Yeah, you know? it was really hard. And I, I don't think I've had, I've definitely had like, I think when I was younger, I made like a kid, I had people make fun of like my middle name and little, you know, but that was like, that felt like a big, because I'm a grown person now, and that that comment was just like, wow, I can't believe that. Right. And just the fact that it came out from it's, her like subconscious, that's like right. some deep, deep racism. Right. No, for sure. So we, yeah, we had to have a really hard conversation, and I couldn't, like, at the end of the day, she wanted to still be friends, but I, I couldn't look at her the same way. Like, right. I couldn't. I knew that I couldn't be friends with her right. anymore like so I wished her all the best and we talked we tried to talk about it but like she just kept trying to like say she had a lot of Chinese friends and she you know that kind of thing <laughs> oh um, to textbook yeah yeah but yeah it, you know you know what's deep about that and I'll, I don't and I'll, I'm gonna be quick because I want you to get to the yeah. other story is that the fact that like you you comforted her yeah is like just as deep because I think like that's that's white privilege, right? Yeah. To, to the fact that even us, like ah, you know, it's no 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 matter like as people of color, no matter how white folks specifically make us feel, like for some reason we 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 want to like comfort them, and yeah. because we know how it feels to not to be on the outside looking in, so it's like ah, I don't want you to feel bad, but yeah, like it's like ah, like. But I really shouldn't be giving you this pass right yeah. now to do any comfort. And so, like, that's just that's just deep in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And looking back on it, it's it's still, like, pretty. And then just thinking about there were also 
two guys there, my ex and another guy who were both white, and they didn't say anything. They just mm. sat there really awkwardly and didn't, they were just like <laughs> right. silent. So then after, like, I processed through it with a friend of mine who, and she was, I mean, it, it helped to talk through it with different friends of mine, but um, yeah, that made me really mad. And then I, that was a conversation with my ex where I was right. like, you need to fucking sorry. Right. No, no, no. This speak is, up for me. No, this is not a this is not a censored. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, like speak up and because that's a huge thing. And then, right. but what's crazy to me is like the fact that this happened like right before the pandemic when everyone suddenly cared about it. Right. And it's just like my brain was already kind of. So then it just I had a really intense experience over the past two years. So yeah. Yeah. So that there was that, and then, and then one other thing where I was at a music event, and it was right around the time that COVID was like, oh, this is a thing that might happen, but nobody was really worried about it. Right. Um, and I was at a music thing, and some guy was like, oh, so he was asking me what I was, and I was like, I'm half Chinese, and he was I'm like, a, oh, I'm, so you? I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I. And he was like, oh, so you brought the coronavirus here. Wow. He was joking. He was trying to be funny. Wow. But yeah, that was, and that's happened to my, that happened to my sister too in LA. So it's like, that happened to a lot of us and people joke about it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really a joke when, when people are like being harmed. Yeah. Physically, because people have that perception and that narrative that like, like, the reason that we're in the situation that we're in in this pandemic yeah. is because all the Chinese folks <laughs> um, yeah. in the world like done this to us, right? Yeah. And I guess it doesn't like like, and I guess it's easy uh, for many Americans because this is America to do that, in particularly against China because of the kind of yeah. our relationship socially oh in the in this in the air so much me it's like so much yeah i just feel yeah. like in in the media the poli like the policy and the po or the politics right it's like china and russia are like right. scary like big bad right like there's so much like negative there's never anything good about china right. or russia like i just feel like those two right definitely demonize right. there's this like xenophobia around china mm -hmm. even yeah. though that's i don't know it's, even though people haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, like, also where we get all of our stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, but like, it's, yeah. And a lot of our, yeah. yeah. A anyway. lot of the things that, you know, people um, use on a daily basis, you know, yeah. just made in China. Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, which, again, like, depending on people's perspectives, that's scary to people, right? Like, oh, we need to, you know, America first and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but hey, we we had a we had a president that they mm -hmm. kind of like gave people um, even more of a reason to push that agenda. If they was already feeling that way, they he just kind of gave them a um, superpowers and a battery, a hell of a yeah. big battery to to kind of jump out the window with the, with those type of narratives right. and, and voice them. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, he made it okay. Right. It's like giving permission to people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, living in China, when I was living in China, yeah. um, 
I really learned a lot about how the China, because it's a homogenous country. Yeah. Hey, everybody, you know, pretty much like looks alike, similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like discrimination and, and things like racism and stuff don't really like come up or mm-hmm. whatnot, or they don't really understand it the same way uh, that we may understand it, you know, growing up and being here from the United mm-hmm. States. Um, how did that play a role into like understanding the racism and discrimination um, in the Asian community? Because even mm-hmm. now, like I think the Asians in the United States have like the lower vo- voter, lowest voter turnout. Um, um, they have the lowest voter turnout in the United States mm-hmm. um, as an ethnic group. Um, mm-hmm. You. S- from my black lens and perspective, uh, they kind of stay segregated. They really don't put their, like when we talk about things like race and discrimination, up until recently to the text, yeah. it wasn't really a, like a thing or, or a headline for, for them to, to kind of combat. Like, hey, we want we want to combat this stuff too. Yeah. They just, you know, kind of done, you know, their thing and, you know, kept things kind of as, as normal. Right. Um, so yeah. when that when you when you what were you I guess were you, how were you introduced to that discrimination racism in the family household or was it something because you know you're here in America mm-hmm. um, it was something you just you was just kind of in and kind of knew off bat or was that something your mom talked about? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I wish you know I wish my mom had sat me down and been like, hey, you might not look like everybody and. Like, you might get made fun of and you need to be proud of where you're from. And Mm -hmm. I I wish that we had had that conversation. Um, But, yeah, it's it's like I feel like I didn't really learn about it Mm -hmm. or, I guess, experience it. I I don't know. That's until I – I think moving here was definitely, like, a big – catalyst for like uh I don't know becoming more aware of my identity because mm. I think a lot of um like you said how Asian folks don't turn out to vote I think I think a lot of it has to do with like um like uh like the model minority thing mm-hmm. um and just wanting to be white or not wanting to, but just ha- having to feel like we have to be. Right. Um, and just not taking up space and not just like keeping your head down. Right. <laughs> and it's like blending in as right. best you can. And like, that's kind of what I feel like I was taught to do. Like, don't put a target on your back. Yeah. And mm. don't take up space. Um, and don't rock any boats. Mm. <laughs> So I think that's a big part of like just to be accommodating to white folks. And um, I think that's a big, mm. big thing that a lot of Asian people are taught. How, how have you challenged yourself to like to unlearn some of that? Um, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to verbalize it and like speak up for myself. Um, 
I think because your default is just like your nervous system like learns how to like right be a certain way um but I don't know hmm. that's okay like that's like yeah. that's perfectly okay <laughs> yeah like yeah I think we, I think I think we're all trying to learn and grow yeah and we do that in different phases of our life and in different journeys in our life and it hits us differently so mm-hmm. no it's just something like more for you to reflect on yeah because i think we all because i think white supremacy affects us all whether you're black white asian indian native American, we all affected by it right yeah and we, we all especially if you're born here in the united states you're indoctrinated with it mm-hmm. right you're indoctrinated and so um white supremacy for me might look like you know, anti-blackness and or black hate because I see another guy that looks like me and I'm already I'm I'm defensive mm. because that's what's kind of been put out there the narrative yeah. about black men, right? Yeah. And so I'm I, I'm feeding it's indoctrinated me and I'm feeding into that. Yeah. Right. That's what it might look like for me. And so until I realize that uh, it's something I have to unlearn, which you know I'm constantly mm. working on. Mm-hmm. And so I think it looks different for 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 different people based on how you grew up, mm-hmm. you know, your ethnicity, all of those things. And so mm-hmm. we just have to be intentional and in, about identifying that. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we identify it, like do the self work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and that's why I'm always curious because I'm not a part of every community. Right. And I think that's like, like conversations like these, mm-hmm. like help everybody grow and think about like, Oh, I never, Huh. I haven't really started like that unlearning process. I've just kind of yeah. been going with the flow. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is easy, right? Because yeah. the unlearning is difficult. It's hard. Yeah. And it's accepting a lot of truths about your own personal actions to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Accountable. Which you know, who likes to hold themselves accountable? Mm-hmm. Right. And so. Um, it's hard. Yeah. 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 So, so when you come back next time, <laughs> you'll be able to tell us like, oh yeah, I started doing this and doing that and da da da. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I definitely got into is um, learning a little more about, like, Asian American history mm. um, to kind of, like, take some take some of that ownership of it back. Because I think there's that erasure, you know? Right. When it, like, what we were taught in school and right. we were taught all the white stories, none of the other stories. Right. <laughs> so, like... Um, I got really into Grace Lee Boggs, mm. and I didn't know, I didn't even know she existed. Did mm. you, do you know who she I is? I heard her name. And I know her name. Like, such a badass. And, um, or like um, Yuri Kochiyama, mm-hmm. and just kind of the activists that have been out there doing this work, but don't get talked about. Yeah. Um, but Grace Lee Boggs, yeah, she was right there with, Malcolm X and MLK and from Detroit and doing a lot of all of that grassroots work yeah. and she lived until she was like 95 or something 98 yeah so um yeah that that was more empowering to learn more about our history and um read about it and mm-hmm. there was like a there were some and it's been nice to see more representation of Asian folks, like right. more more pro- programs or TV shows or different documentaries coming right. out about Asian folks, which has been nice. But and what and when I say about representation uh, for like minorities, people of color, is that like I think that's the start. But I think like 
real power for us is like give us some decision making power, right? Yeah. Um, you know, whether yeah. that's uh whether that's, you know, an elected official or if that's, you know, being the executive uh CEO of the T V yeah. uh company, right? Like yep. like it, like and I think we and we have to constantly remind ourselves like, okay, representation symbolism is good, it's needed because that's telling people, okay, we can do it. But like now like yeah. Like what's the next step? Like, well, we can have power to like make sure, like, like we, like it, like we won't get looked over and passed, and it's not other people making decisions for us. Yeah, it's or really... dictating our, you know, our uh, contribution. Yeah, yeah, that part's really hard because yeah. it's like they're like you get one show, <laughs> right? <laughs> like my sister, she's a TV writer, and she's like she's in it. She's like in Hollywood mm-hmm. doing writing for d- different TV shows. And she tells me stories about that, like, just the amount of, like, it's always, yeah, it's always white people at the at the end of, like, the executive, right. the people yeah. up here. And then they're like, oh, we already have that show. You only get one, like, <laughs> one show about this Asian family. Like, right. you get one. Right. That's it. That's all yeah. we're doing. Yeah. We don't, we can't, can't do anything else. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns people against, the Asian folks, it'll turn us, like, competing against, like, mm-hmm. for this one spot. Like, right. there's only so much room. Yeah. So. But I think now, like, what technology has done is, like, we can start telling, you know, many of our own stories, right? Yeah. And, like, platforms like this and really start calling shit out. Like, hey, this happens. Um, and, you know, yeah. it's affecting us, you know. Um and it's and it's still hard because some people, you know, um, are still, you know, very cautious of calling it out, especially when it's yeah. a job. Because like, oh, oh yeah. does that does that does that take me out of the loop for jobs in the future if I call this out right now, even though I know it's harmful and it's hurting? But or do I just suck it up yeah. and say, hey, it's just, it's part of it. It's part of the industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's something I think um, we as people of color, minorities you know, have to deal with all the time and digest and figure out, like, okay, is this the battle I yeah. want to fight today? And if so, like, what are some of the repercussions that I'm that I'm willing to take or what is the, you know, so it's just, it's just a, yeah. yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to lose your job <laughs> yeah. or get, like, talked about, like, oh, they're difficult yeah. or they're, you know, right. and that's so, that sucks. Right. Like, just for wanting to, like tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> right like, i can't like the truth will like literally um <laughs> hinder me yeah like they they say truth will set me free no truth will get you let go yeah <laughs> like yeah you'll be yeah. free of, of of job opportunities right it's just crazy yeah but like this is this is this is the culture that we're in and that has been created and that we have to learn to navigate yep uh, but i'm all about calling that shit out because mm-hmm. i think the more folks call it out and allies as well, like call it out. Cause I think the more we do that, um, mm-hmm. I think it prevents it mm-hmm. from happening because who wants to be put on like front street like that? And like, and then especially if it's receipts to back it up. Right. And right. then it gives the courage to other people to speak out like, Oh, that happened to me there too. Like, yeah. maybe, and like, like, and then it's something like it can't be happening to, like 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 people and then it not be something. So yeah. I encourage all of us to call that shit out and yeah. uh, put it on front street because I think that's the only way we can grow. <laughs> I agree. Um in I this agree. country and, and just throughout the world. Yeah. So I wanna um I wanna pivot to your music. 
Yeah. Your awesome music. <laughs> um, no, like for real, like very dynamic, like just vocalist. Like you, you really are. Um, how has a lot of these things that's been going on socially, kind of mm-hmm. you know, um, or even just mo- moving here to Nashville with this jury sometimes? And stuff, how's that influence um, your music of late? Moving here. There's been a lot of <laughs> there's been a lot of changes that have happened uh, that have affected my music, both positively and negatively. Um, I think a lot of artists in the pandemic lost a lot of motivation and, um, like, yeah, that motivation to keep to write or to mm-hmm. keep going because shows got you know canceled or. Um, everything shut down. So um, obviously we're coming out of that now, but um, it's been tough to stay uh, creative and stay like motivated. Um, when it comes to the um, the pandemic with like being an Asian person, I, I'd, I've written a few songs about the experience um, like the one that I just released um, came out of it. Um, I've written a couple other ones that kind of touch on it. Um, and then I'm working on some some new songs too with, with a band. Okay. Um, and those songs are more uh, about love and heartbreak. <laughs> um, so... But honestly, I in in 2020, I I really kind of put my music away for a while and um, dove into like activism and mm-hmm. community stuff, community work, and I was super involved in volunteering and trying to like do everything. <laughs> uh, and I quickly burned out, <laughs> um, and I have so much respect for people who do that work all day and yeah. you know who have full-time jobs doing it like people like Pratik yeah and to do that in a southern state like that the resilience that that takes mm-hmm. is truly like incredible to see um so I kind of yeah, I got really involved in, I was volunteering all the time with Gideon's Army. I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of work with Nashville Musicians for Change, which is, mm-hmm. have you heard of yeah. them too? And then I was I was doing some volunteering for Planned Parenthood. I was doing deep canvassing mm-hmm. um, for the Central Labor Council, and I was doing... Uh, you went all the way, yeah, I see, how you, I see how you got burnt out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Women's March... Um, I did, uh, yeah, I I was, I was just trying to like fix all the problems, which is not (laughs) possible. It's not, not a thing. Right. So it's a, it's like a daily. What is, what it like, did you, before like coming here and then before all of the social craziness Mm -hmm. started happening, did you ever were you ever interested in doing that type of volunteering or work before, or did something like, like just something click and say, Hey, I have to start like, like learning and then like trying to build power of community. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, um, 
moving here is what did that. I think volunteer um, state. Yeah, <laughs> moving here and honestly, like, and I feel. I think living in California, I I didn't experience the things that I've experienced here. Like mm -hmm. that person, that friend of mine, that right. like incidents like that, they didn't happen to me there. And I think, um, honestly, moving here and personally experiencing something like that made me, it kind of just really opened my eyes. Right. And I feel like, I feel some shame around that because I wish I had done that sooner. Right. And I wish that I hadn't had to actually experience something like that to want to help. Right. <laughs> like, because it's not like I, you know, was out in California doing this work or volunteering a lot. I wasn't. And I, um, and then I, but then moving here and experiencing something like that, it made me realize like, that's just, you know, and that's not even, that's just not even that big of a deal either, like compared to what some people have to go through. Like, right. so just, but just having that, like, oh, we, that aggressive um, mm -hmm. incident right. <laughs> was kind of what pushed me into it. Um, and just, I think I was kind of, I've always been um, interested in educating myself and mm -hmm. I've always been, I don't know about volunteering, but reading books about things like white privilege and, you know, like that book, White Fragility. I remember mm -hmm. reading that before, like before everybody <laughs> cared about it and telling my ex, who was a white guy, to read it and he mm -hmm. wouldn't read it. But then George Floyd happened and he was yeah. like, okay, I'll read it. <laughs> um, and then he started caring. Yeah, which is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answer. I don't remember what your original yeah, question was. Yeah, yeah, no, was. no, um, no. But, oh, music, music, yeah. <laughs> and but so and yeah. so, so I wanna, I wanna take a different angle than the music. Okay. When growing up, when I thought about like Asians in general doing music, the thing that I've always seen were um, either piano. Oh, <laughs> or violin. Yeah. Or um, yeah, piano. Or um, I want to say even maybe like um, what kind of how would I characterize this? Um, I guess like artsy, like very high performance, classical. like classical. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Classical music, right? Oh yeah. Um. And that's like growing up, like in my own condition, that's the box yeah. that I like put a put a, like many, I think probably all Asians in, right? When I think yeah. about musically, right? Yeah. Um, doing like R and B. Yeah. <laughs> like like and what what has has there been like challenges and barriers that you have to face doing that genre of music, being an Asian woman? Yeah. Well, I think about I think about this a lot as far as not challenges, but um, I think about music mm -hmm. as a way to ident identify. Um, you can't control like how music like moves you. Like you right. can't control necessarily like what you identify with or what you're like. Oh, I love that music, like a certain genre or whatever. Um, but it does depend where you grow up, like. You know, people in the South, obviously a lot of folks I know here, like, 
they just grew up around country, so they just right. are used to it. But I didn't grow up around it. And I grew so, up here, and I didn't grow up around country either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, like that's that too, right? Is there's like there's like racial types of music. Yes. Right. Yeah, and so Asian folks, I find it really fascinating. Um, like because we're all over the place, mm-hmm. but a lot of Asian folks we identify with R and B and hip hop and rap and it's like maybe because I don't know because it because it wasn't white music right even though I also kind of grew up with a lot of like folky white music too and I I like that too but mm-hmm. my first CD I ever bought was Lauren Hill Miss Education of Lauren Hill when I was 10 classic <laughs> and it's just like um I, I think and like that show Fresh Off the Boat it's about that family and they the little boy in it, um, I forget his name, Hudson Yang. He's, I mean, now he's probably like 18, but in the show he's like 10. Mm-hmm. And he's just like wearing biggie shirts and like uh-huh. it, Tupac. And he's just like, and my cousin, who's, uh, he's Chinese also, obviously. He was like, that was me. Like when he was growing <laughs> up, he was obsessed with that. Like right. the 90s hip hop and rap. And, uh-huh. um, and it's just something that like, I just, it, like, I love that music, that kind of yeah. music, and Alicia, like the first Alicia Keys songs in A right. minor. Like, it was just my, I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It was just yeah. like what I wanted to sing. So, it, as far as challenges go, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that. The way, I mean, right. Nashville is so white. Right. <laughs> um. So it's hard to. This, the R and B scene's pretty small mm-hmm. here, and I'm and I'm and I'm assuming too many people when they when they when they just look at you right physically just look at your physical attributes, um, and then you you tell them you're you're an artist right I, I like I wonder if they ever say oh I, I, you know, yeah like R and B I didn't I didn't see that one coming oh totally everybody yeah, yeah. everybody's like oh I never would have expected that yeah yeah and, and I you and you have now you have me thinking about. Do I know any of? Do I know any Asian artists? Like when I say do I like like far as like commercially popular? Yeah. Like in in, I don't know. I don't know any in rap for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Ooh, I'll know. send you some good. Yes, Asian like rappers. yeah. But well, like I did live in China, so I know like yeah. Like, I know those, but like like far as like here in the United States, that like get radio player very pro- I don't know oh, yeah. I no. don't know any um here or just Asian Americans right I don't really know any and yeah. when I think about R&B too is like I don't I'm trying to so, think yeah. so you have to put me on something like yeah like now I know you but <laughs> yeah yeah well so it's either we're super uh foreign like BTS okay <laughs> or um, there's folks who are like mixed. So like okay. her, she's part Jap I think she's either part Japanese or part Filipino. Oh, okay, got gotcha. Or Janae Aiko, she's half black and half Japanese. Okay. So um there's very little in between. Right, right. Um so it's like um I agree, I don't really know any yeah. there's some but they're usually very indie and really good music. There's a right. few folks I've found on Spotify, but they're not easy to find. Yeah. Um, no, definitely send me some people. Because I, I try to like, because I think you can learn a lot, like, far as culturally, 
through yeah. uh, through listening to people's music in, yeah. in, in cuz they always put their little their culture yeah in it somehow some way or the experience so I, I just I, re I really appreciate that yeah but um, it's funny that you say that, that too like because i do the same thing if, if i you know it's kind of rare but whenever you do see an asian person about to sing like what do you think they're gonna sound like right. i don't even know like right. i don't know necessarily so it's like right. people some people might start singing and be super like sultry and r&b and some right. people are like doing country and, and it's like what? And let me tell people this. KTV, karaoke is huge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in China and then in the Philippines. Yeah. Like when I say I've heard some of the most amazing voices just randomly in karaoke, and it's like an event. It's like, yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. And like they're not up there just playing, they're like using their real, like people like just. You know, like you just maybe be colleagues, and like they now you like what? Like yeah. where's this coming from? And like I feel like everybody has yeah. like an amazing yeah. karaoke voice in China and in the Philippines. I've never, yeah, I've never witnessed anything like that in my life. Yeah, I was like, ew, I was just blown in all types of music, right? Yeah, I was just blown away. That's so cool. Yeah. I've never really watched a show like that, so yeah, yeah, like it's 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 like it's it's been blown so. When you when you visit home, when you visit China, yeah, yeah, like I like, or even just the Philippines, right? Because it's right there in California. Like California has a huge like Filipino population, yeah. And so like they like it's mm -hmm. it, it, blew, it blew me away, yeah. Uh, when I was like there in person, that's so cool. <laughs> and yeah. they was doing it drunk, so yeah, <laughs> even more amazing, yeah, even yeah. more amazing, yeah, yeah. Um. And so I want I want to give you the the last word to talk a little bit more about like what's next with you and how people can find your music mm -hmm. and um and if there if there's other people from um our Asian community here in Nashville that want to further this conversation with you or or you know they may be going through some some of the similar or have been through some of the similar journeys with yeah. this identity right of being Asian here in the United States or here in the South like how can they reach out to you yeah and, and those things yeah well uh. Yeah, so I am on all the things, so Spotify <laughs> and Apple Music and uh, all that. Uh, so it's just Elisa Sun. Um, the spelling is kind of weird, <laughs> uh, but it's E L L I S A. Um, and on Instagram, Elisa Sun Music. Uh, I'm working on an EP, okay. six, maybe seven songs. Um, the process is kind of taking it a day at a time right now, but the songs are really good, and I'm excited because the band that I have is really solid. Um, so I also just released a single called I'm From Here, which is about the experiences we've been <laughs> talking about. Um, and I, I am going to release a music video for it sometime in March, I think. Okay. Um, but the music video is a really, really great, I'm excited to share it with the world. Um, and then 
what were the other questions? Happy, if people wanted to reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, so if, My if, number if, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 she did say a former boyfriend. Former. Yes. <laughs> I'm single. Um, um, but yeah, if people want to, um, spe- specifically from like the Asian community here in Nashville, yeah. and want to further this conversation or like just yeah. dive in deeper into, y'all might have similar stories and journeys and, yeah. and still like challenges, right? Yeah. Uh, how could somebody like, what would be the best way for them reach to out. reach out? Yeah. Yeah. Insta, just DM me. Like I'm... Sliding them DMs. You can totally DM me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'm not, you know... Um, I'm not getting a lot of them, so it's not like I'm like famous and like get so many that I can't answer. Uh, I mean, if other than DMing, I have an email like mm-hmm. list on my, I have a website, it's just elisasun.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a contact form on there. Okay. So that's a good way to reach me too. But okay. I'm always down to talk about, talk about, have conversations like this with, right. with everybody. So right. yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be dope for, um. For you to like bring in other artists and have this type of conversation. Oh yeah, I yeah. would love to do that. Yeah, like I would love for for like for you to do that. Like yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I don't even have to be a part. I just want to just see it happen. Yeah, and I, yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm excited to maybe we can do something with some of the people that were in my music video, like after it's released. Yeah, because I'm a little, I'm excited to share it, but I'm also really interested and a little scared to share, which maybe is a good sign, but. I know that it'll be it. It's a powerful story, so I'm right. I'm interested. Well, I want to sneak. I want to sneak peek. I want to sneak peek. I'll I'll share with you. Okay. Yeah. Shh, don't do that. <laughs> well, Alisa, yeah. I really appreciate your time and yeah. you opening up and sharing uh, your experiences and your journey with this, um, and just like how you've been able to just navigate everything and still be like a great human being. Thank and you. So thank you, uh, thank you, Kelly, again yeah. for the connect and the plug. Um, yeah. And we got to have you back. Yes. To talk more. And then I'd when you to. when you do become famous, you know, I want the exclusive. Okay. <laughs> more Good. famous. I would yes. cuz I think you I think people know you. I did my people know you. Yeah. And so uh <laughs> yeah. Good. But no, no. So when you when you getting like, you know, doing filling up stadiums and stuff like that, yeah. you know. Just, I just want to bring you out, you know. Let me just introduce you or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's no an problem. honor, honestly. I think that what you're doing is so cool. So oh, I'm, I'm really honored to I be here. It. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, until yeah. next time. Thank you All for right. being here. <laughs>